Okay, so I guess we should probably start. I thought you were starting. Am I starting? Well, yeah, because- I've never done this with two people. Well, this is the first episode I'm part of, so I feel like you need to introduce. Oh, you want to be introduced? <laughs> well, yeah, otherwise people are going to be like, it's this random breach, Bella. It's just on it. <laughs> all right, fine. Hey, all you hot messes. We are here for the Hot Mess Teacher Express. And um, I, I have a, a little someone else here with me today. Vinny Thomas, Mr. Thomas English. Hi, what are you doing here? Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was asked to be here, so I just showed up. So, yeah, I wanted to fit in a little cheeky trip to Disney World. So I was just like, you know what? I'll just I'll just come down to the Hot Mess Express, you know, ride that train while I still got the chance. <laughs> Choo-choo. Um, we're actually pulling him on the train for a little bit. Vinny is going to be here with us on the Hot Mess Teacher Express because we're, we're kind of doing some things different with the Hot Mess Teacher Express. We're going to be doing some really, really amazing segments that you have to be a part of. Because I, I helped you plan them. That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> I did the whole thing by myself. Okay. You organized the document. I gave you the ideas, but okay. <laughs> that we are going to be doing is hot takes okay we are going to bring up a topic and we are going to give you our very honest takes on it it might be a little controversial we might get in an argument i don't know that i've ever gotten in an argument with you though and um just so you're aware a lot of these hot takes are also um things that we have found on a certain reddit here and there (laughs) If you are an avid Reddit user, um, we may or may not know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to teaching. <laughs> we would wink, love to digress. Wink, nod, nod. <laughs> Teachers who use their students' faces in Instagram posts, in TikTok videos, whatever. What What is your hot take on that? I can't stand it. I'm like, <laughs> to me, I just, I look at it and I'm like, red flag instantly. Like, what what's your initial reaction when you see like a student that's in a teacher's like Instagram file or like TikTok especially? Like, what is your instinct? My instinct is no, that's, that's very wrong. I didn't really necessarily care as much, but now since becoming a parent, I feel like if my son's teacher was had a following on a social media platform and I saw his face on there, I would be livid. I don't have children, but I have a dog. And like, my dog is my child. And I'm like, if someone was taking videos or like pictures of my dog and posting it around and like profiting off of my dog, especially like, if my dog was in their care and I didn't approve it, I would be like, no, man, like, that's my dog. Like, imagine if, like, my dog got, like, dog nabbed because they were in someone's video that went viral. Like, I would be livid beyond belief. Like, and I'm just like, I look at it and I just think, like, you know, as teachers, like, it's a role as a teacher to create a safe space and a safe environment. Mm. And I'm like, the moment that you put a child 
in a video and it goes out, you have no control. If that's public, that can go to millions of people. Yeah. And then that's when you get that issue of, okay, you've got millions of people. How are they going to react to it? Because then you have kids where, you know, you could get, you get trolls. Like, it's what happens any day. Like, I do videos where I, like, laugh about unboxings and I get trolls being like, oh, the way he laughs is so stupid and things like that. So it's like, imagine if you're a child in a video and someone's like, oh, did you see that kid in the back? Oh, they're ugly. Oh, they're this. Right. Oh, they were off sync with that dance. Like... If I was a child reading that, I would be offended. And if I was a parent, I would be absolutely pissed beyond belief. Yeah, like, right. Okay, but like, here's the thing too, is that people do sign release forms for these kids' faces, for their children's faces to be put. I feel like as a teacher, I would be so embarrassed to like say, hey, I have a social media following. Can you please sign this form so your child can be on my social media so that I can get likes. Well, that's that's my main thing. Whenever I see any post and it's like, oh, posted with parents' permission, I'm like, I could not imagine having to send an email or a letter home being like, hi, I really want to just post your child on my personal social media to everyone, not just like to the school page or not just like a parent group or anything like that, but being like, I want this to go out to potentially millions of people. Right. Like, and then it's also like, you look at it from the perspective of what happens if it does go viral Mm -hmm. and then that teacher starts to gain a following Mm -hmm. because then you get the conflict of interest because as teachers, you can't earn a profit from your job. So it's like, I can't be a teacher and say, oh, you know what? I'm not actually going to teach this topic as well as I could, but if you want to pass this exam, I can do some tutoring and you can pay me extra. It's like when you're putting a video and that goes on social media and even if you're not part of like the TikTok creator fund or anything, yeah, you're gaining followers and those followers equate to in the long run money because then you get like brand deals, you get partnerships. Yeah. So then if the only videos you have on your teacher account is of your students, technically that following and that money is because of the students and not you. I've never really thought about it as like double dipping like that, where you're literally making, you're doing your job, but then also doing your part-time job within the full-time job. I don't know. I feel like the line definitely gets very, very blurry with what you are there to actually do. Well, and then I think it also gets to that point where you're like, you look at it and you're just like, okay, but then when it comes to having to look at like the finances of it, it's like, what, do you then distribute that amongst your students? Like, because if I was a parent, <laughs> I'd be like, wait a minute, like, <laughs> am I getting a chunk of this change? Because that's my like child. Like, and even with me, like I do social media, but I don't know what I'm going to do when I have kids, like whether I'm going to put them online or not. Right. And I'm like, the thought of, someone else making that decision for me and saying like oh can you sign this because I really want to post this I'm like if it's like one video then I'd be like oh if it's one video that's fine but then it's like do you have to put in that consent form like I want to post multiple videos of your child yeah in which case the multiple videos would get my back up 10 times more than just the oh it's just a one because we did this really fun exercise and like it was a reward end of year versus uh this is a tiktok tuesday where we post one tiktok every tuesday can you imagine i but i feel like that's where it's going because i mean like let's be real there is so much money in Mm -hmm. social media yeah like People talk about how they have like quadrupled their teaching salaries 
Because, like, there's money in it. There's just something, like, gross to me about seeing an account and seeing, like, when you look at an account and you clearly see a discrepancy between views when there's no students in it Mm. versus with students. Like, to me, if you have an account where the main draw of your account is the minors that you have in the video, that just does not sit well with me at all. Like, and I think that's something that I'm even noticing when you look at, like, parent accounts that have, like, kids in there, where people will be like, you put your child in too much of your content and your only content that goes, like, viral has your child in. At what point are you exploiting your child to potentially people that you don't want your viewing your child in any way, shape, or form? You are getting into some murky territory. The internet is a weird, disgusting, gross place. (laughs) It really is. Well, And then the the other part of it is just like, well, you look at that and then you look at the risk associated with that, with the fact that you you never know who's going to view this online. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more students you have in your video the more easier it is to try and track exactly where your video is filmed. Like, you could have someone in the community that's like, oh, I know that child, and then they spot someone else. And then, um, like, one thing that really sticks out to me is, like, the sense of privilege that must also go in line with being able to do that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, I know firsthand, like, I worked at summer camps, I worked at various schools, like, both as a sub and as a high school teacher, and I can't, like even gather to fathom the amount of students that are on a do not photo list that are in the system and are not legally allowed to have their image anywhere. Right. So then it's like, how do you handle that in a classroom of being like, okay, we're going to film a video, but can you please stand behind this person, behind this pole, because we can't have you in this video because that's a legality, you know? So, or like, say, for instance, you do the content release, but you only get 25 out of 30 because I've never had a whole class full of consent forms come back to me. Yeah, I know. So then it's like, what do you, oh yeah, you need to sit on the rug or we're going to blur you out, baby, like in the back corner. Like, or even you have those kids that just don't want to be on a video in general. Like, and they're saying no. And you're like, no, this is a class activity. You have to look like you're having fun. Well, and not to mention, like, I do videos all the time. But, like, even though I do, like, several videos every single day, I take several takes of every single shot, every single yeah, video. right. So I couldn't imagine being, like... Okay, we're going to do a really fun video. <laughs> and then having to watch back me like, I'm really sorry, bro. Brandon in the back row. Become you were a out. dance mom. <laughs> Brandon, you're out of the pyramid. Get off the shot. <laughs> I didn't like how you winced at this part. You are just, <laughs> you are not giving it. You need to like, you know, give it the razzle dazzle. Like, I could not <laughs> to do that. Yeah. No, I know. And like, and and to be fair, there are teachers who, who do put their class or their students on the internet that do have like pure intentions. But I think you might need to have a little heart check. This is my viewpoint I've always had with it is it's like as teachers, especially here in like America, there are a certain level of independence that you have that you don't necessarily get in other countries. Like, cause when I was growing up in England, when I was doing my teacher training, like I had it where I had a YouTube that was public. I didn't realize it was public cause I'd done it like several years before. And like, it was a whole thing where they found my YouTube and they were like, oh, this is no, like, and I almost got kicked off my teacher training course because they found a YouTube from several years before that had nothing to do with teaching, nothing to do with kids, literally said video was posted two years ago. And they were like basically using that as a, well, you need to tick this box for professionalism. And that is not professional. Like that is the kind of like 
viewpoint on professionalism right. in other countries. And it's like, even when I first started teaching, like I can't go over the amount of times HR would say, do not post on any public social media. Do not have this, do not have that. Yeah. Like even my Facebook has like, a like surname that does not exist because I need to make myself unfindable. Yeah. So the fact that we even have like the privilege in this day and age to have a public social media in the first place, the fact that like people are taking it and running with it, that annoys me because it's like all it takes is one person that like gets an inch and takes a mile. Right. And then that's it. All of these other teachers, even teachers that are making content that has nothing to do with their students, that are just sharing their journeys, that are connecting with people to feel like they can better themselves as an educator. Right are going to end up being told, like, you're not allowed. Like, no, we had this lawsuit happen. We had this child go missing because they were in a video. We had this, like, um, teacher that was being inappropriate and the videos were just, like, leading into that. Uh, That It's like, that's that's what's going to happen. It's like, people do that and then it bleeds into the next generation. Because I'm even seeing, you get, like, people that are straight out of college that go online and they're inspired by these TikTok teachers that have all these students in these videos. And then they go and they like sub, for example. Yeah. Like I saw it a few like months ago where there was a sub that went in, filmed a child literally cussing about their teacher and included it in the video. And like other teachers in that school saw that, reported it, and it like blew up because people were pissed beyond belief. And I would be too. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, I know for a fact that like when I was off on days, there would be one or two students that would be like, oh, Mr. Thomas is out. Oh, can't stand him. <laughs> but it's like, I don't, I don't want to have it on video for everyone to think, right. oh, Mr. Thomas must suck. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, that's a crash course in, you know, what you're posting on the internet is, it it's real. It affects people. And I think that's where, I think that's where we kind of need to draw the line is like, these are kids that we're talking about. These are not your props. If you've had it approved by the parents and it's a special occasion and the school's on board with it, then yeah. But like the way I see it is if that's what you want to do and it's like, you know, it's a classroom reward. It's something you're doing like as like something you're building up to. Mm -hmm. Then I would say the best approach to it is like, okay, film it, but put that on the school social media. Right. Like exactly. There's a a place for it. There's a place for it, it. It does not need to be like, why would your child's name be associated with a teacher when the te- the teacher's the teacher is not the parent. Yeah, like, right. And that's, yeah, that's just where I stand on it. I'm just like, I think it's too much of a messy, complicated red flag where I'm just like, I don't think it's worth the ramifications yeah. that could happen. Nope. And that's our hot take. This week, Vinny, what what is this segment all about? So hot or not is basically where I just pull two completely random things from my mind that I have identified in education that I think are hot, which is good. Like Paris Hilton says, that's her. Um, And one thing that is not, which means I don't think it's good. I know I just explained this well too much. I'm so sorry. It's it's okay. It's our first time. You're doing a really good job, honey. Okay. Let's talk about not. What's not, what's not this week? So not this week. It links to what we were just saying earlier. Not having your school logo in anything on your social media. Uh, so that means if you take a photo in your classroom, please do not have the logo in it. If you're filming like a video for your TikTok without kids in it, because we've already discussed that one as well, 
Um, I yeah, just don't. Nothing. If you're wearing a T-shirt that has the school logo on it, don't school have name. it. If there's a school crest in the background, don't have it. If your school has like a very specific decor, because some schools are like that, where it's like they have a very clear color scheme all around the building. Just don't do it. I'm like... No, I absolutely agree. I feel like it should be, if you are posting something on social media, it should be like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah. I feel like we've watched enough Datelines. We've watched enough true crime things to know why this is very important to not... I just think about it in the way of like, you know, once you put that out there... It's like, one, people know where you are. And I don't want people knowing where I am because that's when you get issues like, you know, someone finding you and they're like, okay, I'm going to send a letter to them at their school or I'm going to come by for a visit. And you're like, please don't. Like, I don't know you. (laughs) There are, you know, the internet, again, is a very dark, weird place. And there are a lot of creeps out there. And, you know, you will get a random person that decides to send like 10 pizzas to your school and says pay on delivery and you're like mate i did not order 10 pizzas and now you've got like tracy down in the admin section being like you need to come down here for your pizzas and they're like and you owe me 150 dollars <laughs> so like, now i have a creeper <laughs> and i have to pay for 10 pizzas yeah and yeah i just think it also goes back to that thing of you know if, if you are someone that you know you're a teacher and you also want to have like a social media presence like i can't stress this enough please like do not make being a teacher your entire online personality. Mm. Like, I know it's, there's a lot of, like, teacher influencers out there and it's very easy to, like, see them and be inspired by them and be like, I want to be like that. But, like, my biggest advice is, like, you know, if social media is your passion and you want to pursue that, like, have something there that's not fully teaching. And part of that is don't include your school in it. Even if you're, like, you can be proud of your school, but just don't put it online because that's when you get user 658 tracking down your school because you said you like pineapple and pizza and they don't and they find that so incredibly frustrating that they are sending emails to your school district to your boss to anyone or like you don't respond to a comment and suddenly they go all like oh i need to report them because they're so mean they're hostile right and yeah it's just a whole can of worms so so not yeah no not yeah, school logos in any of that stuff on your social media, that's a not. Please don't do that. <laughs> All right, what's hot this week? What is hot this week is turning off communication on your personal devices, especially on weekends and evenings. So that means if you have your school email linked to your phone, please turn it off. Like, whatever you do. I'm really bad at this. I really, <laughs> like, I was always... Just like checking my email because I felt like I needed to prepare myself for what's to come the next day. But you also taught elementary, didn't you? I did. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Did you have many elementary? Like, how old were your kids? Uh, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah. But what age is that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know either. Actually, 12, 13? 12, 13. Yeah. So they they get into the age where you know they're starting to like learn more about how to right. email. Would I get a random email from one of them just to say hi? Yeah, but it was never anything. Would you get like twenty emails an evening when an assignment's due at midnight and everyone's starting to scramble and ask for an no. extension? Or they're asking you a question. So then the next day they can be like, well, I emailed you at 11.59 and you didn't respond. So now my assignment's late because of you. Oh, because you did high school. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, So my husband teaches high school and he gets the same thing. But he and he's really, really bad. He checks his email before he gets into bed. And so then he's sitting there like thinking about the email that he just read from one of his students or like 
13 of his students. Yeah, it's just... Well, my like my wife had this the other week where she went home. She stayed at school like I used to do this, where I would finish my school day by doing all my grading or like as much as I could do because I'm an Eng- I was an English teacher and like you know we set an essay because we're like this is great we can have some lessons to like you know this is three lessons of independent writing and then, and you, then know, you have to grade them yeah now this is three <laughs> weeks of grading the thing that I set it's like it's me hi I'm, I'm the, the problem. problem. <laughs> I've made a mistake. <laughs> and yeah, I remember I would stay at school like an hour, two hours after my contract because I'd be like, I want everything done. Like, yeah, I got to a point where I was like, I want school life and teacher zone to be at school. Right. And I want independent Vinny, not a teacher at home. Like, I don't want to take stuff home with me. And I remember I would stay for like an hour or two hours after school. And then I would literally leave the building after finally getting everything done. And then I would be sat in my car, ding, can you grade this quiz from three weeks ago? And I would be like, are you serious? Like, no. (laughs) Or I would be sat in like a Chili's and I would just be like, I would be knees deep in my chips and salsa. I'd be like, I'm in my zone. This is my comfort-free, stress-free zone. And then boom, I'd get a parent email complaining because they don't like the grade that I gave their child. And I'm like, how many times have I told you if you don't like your grade, can you email me? Why are you getting the parent involved? Because now they're they're upset and now I'm upset because you've got two more. There's a lot going on in that Chili's and that you're like sizzling fajitas coming out as well as your baby back ribs. And you're just, now and, you're now you're thinking about the email, not about this amazing food. When it's like the other week, my wife had it where she finished work because she's a speech path and she was like at work till like five. She had multiple meetings, one before school, one after school. So I'd done like a 10 hour day had literally gone home, was ready to decompress, got a ding on her phone, and it's a parent complaining, being like, I no longer want my, like, student to have this or do this. And then she's stressed out because this parent's, like, saying they need to have a meeting and doing all this. And she's like, oh, my gosh, like, now I'm I'm worried. Like, is this bad? Like, how do I interpret this? Because as teachers, we read an email from a parent where they're like, I want to have a meeting, and you're instantly like, oh, no, this is it. I'm I'm done. I'm at the door. (laughs) They're going to fire me. Oh, my gosh, am I going to be arrested? I don't even know what I've done but okay it was me I'm guilty your honor I swear because you spiral like yeah. in your head it's what happens and that's what happened to her and I was like this is why you turn your emails off because you can't do anything about that email until you get to school tomorrow morning and now you've got a sleepless night worrying about this email that you got yeah. at 6 p.m at night yeah. and now you've ruined your entire evening Worrying about saying that the next day went in, had the meeting, it was perfectly fine. There was no need to stress whatsoever. And if she would have just not checked her email, she would have had a perfectly relaxing evening. So I understand why that is hot this week. So turn off those emails. And like, especially as well, like I can't stress this enough. I know as teachers, we all want to be there for our students. And there's some students that we're concerned about that we're like, I want to have my email on just in case. Right. But, you know, in situations like that, make sure that you're informing admin you're informing counselors because there are people that it's their role to be present and to be able to respond to those emails after hours and you need to as much as it's hard you need to set boundaries because otherwise you will burn out and you know you don't want that to happen you want to be the best version of yourself and you can't do that if you're working 24 7 exactly so yes that was hot on all is the US versus the UK 
something in the education system and how it differs in the United States and in the UK. So this week, we're going to talk about what is the difference between how teachers are contacted or teachers needs to, you know, respond to parents emails or what's the expectations for the US, I feel like teachers are always expected to be on call at all times. If again, like we just talked about turning off your emails on your phone, but like if I got an email at 1030, I would respond from a parent because I'm like, I don't want them to be mad at me or think that I'm ignoring them or that I'm ignoring their child's education. And I, yeah, there weren't there. There's not a lot of boundaries for for what I wouldn't do and how I wouldn't communicate. The thing that I will say is that I will not I will avoid a phone call at all costs. Oh, see, sometimes I like a phone call. Oh, I no, there's absolutely no way. I think like sometimes the like the anxiety of waiting for a response for an email is too much for me. So I'm like, if it's saying like I immediately want a response from or saying that I think is immediate enough that the parent needs to know, then I will just do a phone call. Yeah. What's the expectations for teachers in so, the UK? This this to me is one of like the biggest like differences I noticed when I first moved to America and started really? teaching. So when I was doing my student teaching, like you may have had like an email here or there, but it would be very rare. It was very much like in England, like the consensus was, if you have any questions about any of this work, ask me in class. And it would be, if you've not asked me in class, like you would say, any questions, the, the floor is open for any questions on this. If you don't have any questions, that's fine. But do not come in tomorrow and ask me a question when I've just given you the floor for it. Right. Because I feel like, without throwing any shade, the expectations in British schools are like up here versus in America is like down here. And it's like, it goes in line with that thing of like, because British schools are so programmed to be like, we need to prepare these students for... The real world. And right. in the real world, if your boss tells you to do something, you need to listen and ask a question there. And then if you go two days later, oh, yeah, you know that thing that I was supposed to be working on for the last two days? Like, <laughs> how do you do that? Like, you... You're, no, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's basically what it was. But then I think it goes in line with, like, it even goes with how the grading system works here. Like, because here it's like you constantly have grades that are being updated. So then yeah. the communication goes up by 10 because you input grades on a Thursday night oh and gosh. bam, you have 10 emails. Oh my gosh, I thought I submitted that. I didn't realize. Oh my gosh, can I make this up? Oh my gosh, why was my grade this low? And you suddenly have all of this communication coming in because everyone's so obsessed with that number right. and wanting to know what has happened that you then have more communication versus in England, how it works is you basically have it where throughout the year you do like assessments that practice for the end of year exam. Okay. And those assessments basically track your progress, your grades. So as you're doing each like unit, you're practicing for it. Okay. And then with that, you then at the end of the year take like a final exam because this is what leads to your like exams in year 11, which gives you your GCSEs, which is basically the qualifications you get per subject oh my gosh. that you then use on your resume to apply for jobs. So confusing. Okay. So because of that, you basically do it where um, you're not constantly getting a grade update. You get the feedback in class of here's how you did on the last assessment. And nine times out of 10, most of the schools I worked at did like now do this. 
which would mean you would go back and you would have a what went well and even better if, and you would have to reflect on whatever you did in that assignment and improve it. So say, for instance, if you forgot to do a quote, your even better if would be go back, find a quote, insert that within it, write it out here. So if there was any feedback that you needed to know, any questions you had, you would ask it in the lesson when you were improving it within the lesson. So it would not be required that you would need to be asking 24 questions about a number that's suddenly going up and down every single day, depending on how often you're updating grades. I can imagine how that would be way easier. And plus that puts it back on the students to be responsible for what they're learning. And it's not on, it's not on me. When it comes to like, especially math, science, English, you're in sets. So you're put into different classes based on your ability and how you do on these assessments and how you do on that end of year exam. So say, for instance, if you're in year seven, how you do on that exam determines what set you're going to be putting the next year. So if you did really well, you're going to be in a top set where everything is literally made out, where it's assumed that everyone in this class is high ability. We can get straight on. So they adjust and adapt to a higher ability. Okay. And then as you go lower, they adjust it as well so they'll be like right we need more support here or like for higher ability they'll be like we need higher thinking activities here so that we're challenging them more yeah and it's basically adjusted like that and these assessments that are used throughout the year if say for instance you're in a top set and you're like i don't know how i tested that well within like the last test but like this is too difficult for me they can use that evidence and be like you know we hear what you're saying we think you should move down a set or if you're constantly improving they'll be like we think you should move up a set so it's also like a direct reflection of how you do on that it can also impact what class you're going to be in. So you also have students that are like, I want to be with my friends, but my friend's getting an A, I'm getting a B, and they'll work to try and get into the same sets as their friend. But then on the flip side, you sometimes get people being like, (laughs) I want to be with my friends, I'm I'm just not going to do this one, or I'm only going to do one sentence instead of a paragraph. And like, like that does happen. But I think because of that, there is a lot more, rather than being like, oh my gosh, my grade slipped and I lost three points and now I'm a C instead of a B. It's like... All of the preparation is there because the focus is on you need to do this exam because at the end of the year, you know you have this exam and then you have that um, for when you take your exams at the end of your school to get those qualifications that follow you through. Right. So one of my questions is like, did you have a lot of did you have a lot of parent um, communication as well? Or was it like totally on the student? Parent communication, like and obviously with COVID and everything, it could be a little bit different because they had to do like some online school. Right, right. But in my experience, the only time I would ever communicate with a parent would be if I had to like phone home if something like really important or urgent happened. But it would be very rare that I emailed a parent or a parent emailed me. Really? And, like, to me, I'm, like, that's my biggest thing because when I'm, like, sat there in the evening, like, at the end of the school day and I get a parent email or, like, say I'm teaching and I get a notification and it's a parent, like, casting me out or something for something I've done. Yeah. Like, it's very intense. And, like, I also just think, like, in England, because we're, like, they were part of the EU, but, like, Brexit happened. It's, like, there's, like, GDPR, which is, like, data protection, where, like, certain things cannot be in emails. So you can't have, like, names or anything that identifies any private information in an email. It needs to be in a secure, like, 
communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you have a data breach, you get like fined like yeah. thousands of like pounds and like the school can get done for it. So like even in the schools, you can't have student work with their names clearly visible because that's data protection because anyone can come in and identify who that child's data, like what the data represents basically. Yeah. So because of that, like... The you way it's set up, you asking. don't get nearly as much communication as you do here. Wow. I felt like anything, and I, I had like good experiences yeah. with parents. I didn't have like any, any like ones that stood out that were horrible, but I feel like that is crazy to me. Like to it, not have parents email or communicate at all if something happened in class and they're like hey what's going on or but i think it comes back down to the fact that like in england i think as brits we are very much like we we trust the education system like we know that this is rigid we've yeah. been through it and, but we know even though this is like very rigid and by the book mm -hmm. we know that it works for what it needs to work so like yeah like anything there could be some improvements but you trust it because you've been through the process and you're like, I did this, I survived it. Right. So why would I? Because in England, like if you're a parent and you go to a school, they've got set texts that they have to do for the exam. Right. Their exam is you are doing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. You have to do these texts. So you can't have what you have here in America where it's like, oh, I just really don't like Romeo and Juliet. So you need to do a different text for my one specific student. Because if you did that in a British school, they would be like, that's fine. But this is not the school for you. If you want a school that does exactly what you want to do, you need to pay for it because this is a public education where we have to follow the public guidelines. And that is this. And if you don't like it, then go somewhere else. Like that's. And if you go somewhere else or you don't go somewhere else, then the law can get involved and being like, why aren't you sending your child to school? Why are you interfering with your child's education? And that's when you can get like child protective services and everything involved. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Like, so, yeah. so um <laughs> so I feel like the UK wins. Yeah. <laughs> I think for parent communication especially. Um I'm sad now. Okay. <laughs> like obviously obviously there are things with it where there are times where like it's slightly more difficult to like contact, but it's like I think as Brits we're programmed to be like, don't send an email unless it's absolutely necessary as oh well. Let's Whereas, you know what, let's all adopt yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all adopt that in the United States. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start a little trend here that we're not gonna send an email unless it's absolutely a hundred percent necessary. Yeah, someone, and, um, please stop emailing teachers saying hi. <laughs> like you can say hi less than the next yeah. day. <laughs> you'll, you'll see us the next day. Don't worry. <laughs> Especially if you're in in school suspension, <laughs> please do not be sending. It's not an instant messaging service. Don't be <laughs> messaging your teacher that's put you in in school suspension because you flipped them off. Don't be messaging them saying hey, how you doing? <laughs> hi, how y'all doing? Grander Gears is uh, where Vinny and I are going to have 30 seconds. Our wonderful producer is going to give us a signal. Okay. For <laughs> just throwing it on him right now. Um, <laughs> you will do this. Um, we're going to have 30 seconds to go just rant about something that really, really grinds our gears. Vinny doesn't know what I'm going to ask him about. I don't know what Vinny's going to ask me about so jess your topic is flare pens <laughs> okay 
All right, are we, we're, we're good? Ready? Okay. Yeah. Flare pens are this thing that like t- elementary teachers especially feel the need that they have to love. And I just, I don't get it. They bleed through papers. They feel like nails, like drawing on a chalkboard. I just, I don't understand flare pens. I've tried to get into them. I, let's stop trying to make me love flare pens. I, I hate flare pens. I wouldn't woo at flare pens. <laughs> Is there a okay? specific brand of flare pen that you're like, oh. All of them, all of them. It's just awful. Like, don't give me a flare pen. I don't want, like, people are like, oh my gosh, it's, we're grading. No, it's, uh, no. Sorry. I, it's not as good as the wooing. I've never seen a flare pen. Like, I don't even know what a flare pen is, but I'm a high school teacher. We, we're like, we'll just take the big place. Just, just know that you aren't missing out on much. You're going to have 30 seconds to tell us how you really, really feel. How it really grinds your gears when people woo at fireworks. Let me know when the time starts. <laughs> Literally, I was at Disney World yesterday and it just gave me the absolute ick. Whenever the smallest bit of a spark goes off, woo. What is that about? Like, why is that programmed to people to do? I was like sat there and I was like, why are people wooing? Mickey Mouse came out of a sparkler. Woo. Why are you wooing? Like, and then I get it. If you have small kids being like, oh, I want to get them excited. If they are not wooing by themselves, you are teaching them to woo. Stop wooing at fireworks. It is annoying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you feel better? So much better. Oh, <laughs> you have been holding that in since yesterday. I was sat there watching Fantasmic and it just ruined it. Your, your little Mickey ears just like... I was like, I feel like Maleficent right now. <laughs> I'm going to breathe fire any minute. And you're going to woo when it comes out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do, do you woo at fireworks? You woo at fireworks, don't you? Oh, my uh, God. No, I don't. I, I don't. I think it's an American thing because I said to my wife, I was like, do you woo at fireworks? She was like, yeah. And then I was like, you also woo-hoo when you use a coupon in the store. And she was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> with being excited when you're in a mcdonald's line and you give them a buy one happy meal get one three and they scan it and this worker is like i just want to go home and you go woohoo they are thinking right now like no you have just sealed the now in the coffin i want to go home right now (laughs) 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 and it's like it's a collective thing like your 30 seconds is over who is the Uh, first woo uh, who starts the chain of wooing Screw you. <laughs> Screw woo. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Who do woo you think you are? <laughs> woo. <laughs> that was that was a lot. That was a lot. I feel a lot better now. Though. I'm I'm really glad for you. That was very passionate. And so for our last segment, I feel like that 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 leads us in to some people who are very passionate about their jobs but might not get a lot of recognition for what they do. And those are the underdogs in education, okay? So this week we're going to highlight parents who are also teachers because these poor people. <laughs> I do not know how people have families and go to teach for 60 hours a week and then go home to deal with their children even if they're angels and amazing well, how does your husband manage you i don't know because i know 
like being self-reflective a little bit, I'm like, wow, I can't imagine getting home after a very, very stressful day and then having me be like, hey, can you uh, watch this baby uh, for me? And then can you also take out the trash? And oh, the toilet is leaking. And also, um, can you also do the dishes that I didn't do all day? Like it... I also just think about it like there would be days where I would come home from teaching and it would be like a stressful day and I remember I would walk through the door and then I would say like hi to my wife like obviously like before I keel over and like take it like a six hour nap <laughs> um, and I remember like we would like I would call her after school and just be like right what are we having for dinner tonight? Like, am I making it? Are you making it? Am I picking something up? And I remember, like, there would be days where I wouldn't make that call where I had had, like, the worst day. Yeah. I had, like, a meeting before school, a meeting at lunch, a meeting after school, had, like, students just not behaving, like, admin, like, coming in midway through the day when everything was, like, falling apart. And I remember coming home and, like, my wife being like, so what do you want to do for dinner? And me being like, listen, I will throw myself out that window before I make dinner right now. <laughs> Like, so I'm like, and that's to like an adult that's just like, what, what do you want to do for dinner? Not asking me to do anything, but I'm like, I have mad respect for like any like teacher that comes home and then has to like help their child with homework. Oh my gosh. After teaching the whole day. I'm like, when like, you know, your child has just been for a whole school day. They're drained as well. Yeah. And they have things that they need to do at home. Oh, and then they're like, they have sporting events too that you need to go to. I cannot imagine not coming home after a long day of teaching and then having to drag my children out the door to go to soccer practice or basketball practice or and not being able to just like sit on the couch and just stare at the television. Or like even with like young, young kids, I could not imagine coming <gasps> home after a day of school and having to wipe someone else's butt for them. Like, <laughs> I would literally be like, This is why I, I quit. Yeah. With, this has been 50 shades of crap all day long. And now I have had enough. I have reached my capacity. <laughs> We're done with the crap. We're done with the crap for today. One of my best friends, Sharon Shazza, she's probably listening oh. to this right now. She's like, Oh hey, my gosh, She's going to go into school tomorrow, like, you know, just like flipping her hair, being like, yeah, that's right. He remembers me. None of you. <laughs> she literally had it. I had her daughter in one of my classes and bless her. Her daughter is amazing, but she was going through it one year. And like, literally, I remember I had both the daughter and the daughter's boyfriend like one year after the other. And I'd be like, um, Sharon, like, um. Do you know where your child is today? Like, they've not turned up to lesson. And she would be like, oh, my goodness. Like, and would literally be like, I'm trying to teach. And my child is clearly not at school. And now I need to deal with this. Or, like, she would have it where, like, admin would come to her and be like, oh, just so you're aware. Like, so-and-so had this happen. Like, where they wouldn't necessarily follow the usual chain of command of being like, right, I've got to construct an email. I've got to do this. I'm going to send this at the end of the day. Oh, no, Sharon's right down the hall. Yeah, they would find her in between lessons. And she'd be like, hi, everyone coming in there. Like, yes, I am. This just happened with your child and their boyfriend and this and that and she just be like how am I supposed to function like this I have to, <laughs> I have to teach this English class <laughs> and <laughs> deal with <gasps> like you know like literally just being told things things happen and she's like okay we're gonna write a paragraph today um, everything's fine so yeah I'm like it, it takes an especially strong person not only to be a teacher and a parent at the same time but to be a teacher and a parent of a student that's at the same site that they work at 
<laughs> because I, and I know for a fact I used to do it where I would just say to her like, oh yeah, your child said this in my lesson today. That was funny. Like, don't worry, I don't care. Like, because I know that you're kidding. Yeah. And they'd be like, and she'd be like, why did she say that? Why did he say that? What, what is happening? <laughs> I'd be like, I'm really sorry. I've just caused you so much anxiety for no reason. <laughs> Shout out to Sharon and to Devin's mom. <laughs> All right, this has been the uh, first episode with Mr. Thomas English, Vinny Thomas, on the Thomas Teacher Express. How, like, are you doing okay? You- yeah, I think I'll be back. If not, I'll let you know why. Okay. I will- <laughs> hey! <laughs> I will be releasing a statement. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on all of the social channels, uh, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Hot Mess Teacher Express, and we will see you next time.